This is Stephen Dominguez from the Science Faction Podcast, and you're listening to the BS Podcast Network. Enjoy. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond is a familiar dimension. Not one of sight, but a dimension of sound and of the creative mind. You're moving into a land of artistic buffs talking Disney stuff. You've just crossed over into Magic Our Way. New Orleans, present day, amid the ever-changing landscape of the Disney fan life, two men, a musician and a visual artist, tackle the news, the rumors, and the dreamings of the day. Now joined by a comic book writer and a travel agent, they will bring you new insights and tease out new thoughts of the films, the parks, and the community at large. Tonight's episode will take you beyond the formats of most podcasts and calls upon the listener. This, you may soon realize, is a listener-driven podcast, heavily influenced by its Moican nation waiting for you. They invite you, if you'd care, to reach out via social media, email, text, or voicemail. So let's go make some magic. Jumbo, everyone, and Harambe. Jumbo, everyone! Harambe! And welcome to another edition of the, the Magic, Magic Our Way, Way Podcast. Podcast. Sante Sun, everyone. You are listening to the Magic Army Podcast from New Orleans, Louisiana, in the United States of America. We are artistic buffs talking about Disney stuff, and this is a show in which every opinion is welcome. MagicArmy.com is where you can find us. My name is Kevin. I'm Danny. And on this show, we follow the Disney concept of edutainment, where we focus on your entertainment, and along the way, you just might learn a thing or two. With us today, as always, we have... Excelsior! You know, 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 you know. I have the power! You know the story's all about the glory. It is our resident comic genius from IvoryComics.com, Mr. Eli Ivory. How you doing, E? I'm doing good. Another episode on the receiver time to make a new listener a true believer. How y'all doing today? I'm a believer, too. That's right. That's what we need to <laughs> and be. And then I saw your face. That's right. And now, you, now you're in love, right? That's how I work, boy. We're going to make them all love it. We're going to make them all love it. Shrek and Donkey are another whirlwind adventure. Who next? <laughs> Donkey! What? <laughs> Who got parfaits? Everybody love parfaits. That's right. And guys, also on the show, we have... <laughs> show me the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Hey, must be the money. Money, money, money. Show me the money. It's mosquito killing date night at Denny's. Bend you over the chair, Lily Top. It's Lee Lastaviga from Magical Moments Vacations. How you doing, Lee? Oh, good, man. Now that I have been Christianed into the cult... Of Disneyland, I can officially say I have visited the motherland, and it is good. It is, feels good, doesn't it? It feels, feels good. good. Now you know what's up. Yes, now yeah. I know what's up and down and all around. Well, welcome to the motherland, Sister Christian. Yes, yeah, Sister <laughs> Christian. <laughs> and I think he means down like the little stretching room in the Haunted Mansion. Because we go down to go under the berm to get to the rest of the show. But how about that? Oh, my God. You're Look blowing at my that. mind. It's craziness. Craziness. Awesome. Lee awesome How about that? That's something. Awesome. And also on this show, at least in the introduction, we have... Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, fresh off the boat with the Pirates of the Magic Kingdom, where he serves as quartermaster, we have our very own Office of Moeekin and Moeekin Social Media Master, Kirk Landry. How you doing, Kirk? Hey, hey, I'm back. Two weeks straight. That's awesome. And we spent a whole few days in a hotel room with you. I'm I'm not (laughs) back. I just can't get rid of me. (laughs) <laughs> you, are you, you saying go. you got back or you, you're back quarter master no, no, got I, back i said not, i'm not i'm not just back danny can't get rid of me i took up residence in his garage he just don't know it yet so you're the termite <laughs> you're disposed the barnstormers in the house yes <laughs> can't get rid of it the calls are coming from within the garage <laughs> yeah, but i have to reiterate and add on to what lee said disneyland 
Thank you guys. Thank y'all so much. That was that was awesome. I can't believe it took me that long. You're gonna go back too, right? Well, thank you. Oh yeah, definitely gonna be going back. What, what was yeah. your favorite part of the trip? <laughs> <sighs> Eli snoring. Ah, oh. Wait a minute! I worked on that. Hold on, wait, wait. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I worked on that. <laughs> I thought we had taken a blood pack to not discuss it ever again. Oh, oh. so it's like this, the sisterhood of the traveling pants kind of thing, uh, right? It's a hang. It's like the hangover. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. 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 Just- I was just going to thank you for uh, getting the ticket, and I realized you cashed my check. So, uh, well, well, guys, yeah, we hope you enjoyed <laughs> all of uh, the stuff that we posted up with our Disneyland trip. That's right. And yep. we're going to be talking about all the Disneyland stuff. And we've got a big, huge show even maybe a town hall discussion of Galaxy's Edge once Lee gets back from his Walt Disney World version of Galaxy's Edge. And as we mentioned a few shows back, there were bears, at least Rachel, I think it's just maybe just Rachel that's going to see Galaxy's Edge and Walt Disney World. I, I don't remember exactly, but uh, Robert, if not two Robertses, uh, will be on that show as well to discuss uh, a huge, huge Galaxy's Edge show. The more Robertses, the better. More oh, Robertses, yeah. the better. It was absolutely. Can't beat them. You can't beat them. So, yeah, look, guys, we have part two of our discussion with Justin Stone of the WDW Tales podcast. If you haven't had a chance to check him out after last week's show, make sure that you do so this week, man. Subscribe to him. Be patient with him. He's got new, he's, you know, he's got newborns, yep. but he's, he's got so much great stories to tell. And I can't wait to hear what he posts on his particular podcast, as well as whenever he comes back to our show to tell more stories. We just love hearing those cast member stories, especially since he was there at one of the heydays of those those parks the disney mgm studios and epcot whatever it was when he was there 95 98 center uh that no absolutely man he saw he saw some stuff go down that none of us have seen say like it like when disney ran it and they're like oh no let's never do that again he's t- he was there he witnessed it yeah great stories guys so definitely go find them out so look without further ado i don't want to delay this with any further because we got the rest of the discussion that we had started last week um, enough of our jibber jabber guys let's go continue the magic with Justin Stone like sorry that is bad. so funny it is so did you ever like look in the front row and I was like oh shoot I'm, that's a celebrity sitting right there in front have you ever done that uh, for me a couple of times um, usually you would get a call to say hey so and so is going to be in the front row okay um, because a lot of times there'll be, you know, uh, guest relations or VIP tours will be with them. Or if it's a like high profile, then other managers will be with them. Like when I was at Journey to Imagination, Robin Williams, Aerosmith, Michael Jackson, they were like, they had tons of people around them. But uh, actually, I have a funny Robin Williams story, but uh, I'll stick on the movie right thing for a second. <laughs> so I will, uh, like, I have, there are times I popped on where it's like, um, oh, who did I, who's the big guy that I had? I had like uh, Joe Pesci, Tony Bennett, 98 Degrees. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm I'm going oh wow over Joe Pesci. I heard you go oh wow over 98 degrees. Is that? Yeah, it's like 98 degrees. Holy crap. I, I love about, them. They're so hot. I forgot about them. So hot. I love the hair. Is he as buff in real life as he is on TV? <laughs> Did Joe Pesci give you tips on how to be a gangster? I just got to know. No, you know, that's the funny thing is I try to play it as straight as possible because Joe Pesci, you can't do it. And not to mention, so you're supposed to be in Chicago in the 20s. It's not uh-huh. New York. Sure. And so the accent's supposed to be different. Uh-huh. So it's written like a 1920s gangster show. It's not written like a Goodfellas or anything like that. So I actually, from what I recall, and I was a bit of a hand with the ride, so I was a bit of a troublemaker. I would mess around a bit. But from what I recall, I played it pretty straight because there's, what do you do? Like, you know, I'm not going to make him laugh. I'm not going to make him. I was like, is this the right accent? So it's. Uh, well, because so he'd I, ask you if he's funny to you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so uh, I just uh, I just tried to be Muggsy Takata the best way I could. But um, yeah, for that, like I had Bayon Bialik on my show. Nice. Oh, and wow. her friend Six. I didn't do the Britney Spears show. I worked with Britney on something else. But um, I mean, the thing with famous people in Disney is you kind of get used to it as much as you can. Tony Bennett, I think, was my favorite. Like I worked oh, with him. Yeah. On, he did a book signing and I was uh, a production coordinator and I worked on that event. And uh, Susan Lucci was super cool. She was great. She remembered me every year. Super Soap Weekend. She was like, hey, hey, you put on weight. Super yeah. Soap Weekend. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it sounds like you got the better end of the, of the deal because you got Blossom. And the other guy got Joey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, it was just like, you, 
if it's like your 70th show of a day, then mm-hmm. you're just like, just let me get through it. You know, just, I don't really care who's on the vehicle, but uh, yeah, some days were certainly better than others. And, and I would say that uh, when you had some famous tours come through, mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty fun. Dude, well, you said before the character's name was Muggsy Takata. Is, did I get the last name right? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just for those who don't remember or, or didn't know that when you got hijacked, that was Muggsy. Takata, who hijacked you? Did you yeah. were you given any directives in terms of how to play Muggsy? Other than like, did they say go watch a bunch of James Cagney movies, or how did they tell you to prepare for the role? Even though you're not really supposed to be acting, but you're- yeah, they they literally said stick to the script, don't do it, don't take initiative, okay. don't be proactive, because again, we're not actors, so the we weren't paid as actors, and we weren't uh, uh, we were hired as actors, so to speak. So any chance to make the show your own by deviating from the script was was punishable by death you know what i mean like (laughs) you would get you would get pulled from characters if you um if you deviated that that didn't mean that we couldn't play we couldn't throw a little bit of ourselves into the role but literally when i say the script was written with the accents the word church was spelled c-h-o-i-c-h and it was terrible um so we we kind of picked our battles uh and knew where you could deviate a little bit and where that you couldn't but in the same sense too is like there's so much stuff going on bullets are firing fire, you know, flying across the vehicle and there's mm-hmm. people are screaming and so y- your lines outside of that show scene were few and far between for bandit you would like Three, three lines, Alien, you had two lines, Indiana Jones, you had two lines, and then Anubis, you went up and died. And so that was that was it. And then Tour Guy was even worse. Like, you couldn't deviate at all. Uh, and that's usually where I got m- most trouble was uh, deviating from the Tour tour Guide script because uh, it's a terrible script. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's it was a fine script. Actually, I know the Imagineer that wrote it, and uh, he's a, a dear family friend. We've worked uh, in production together for years. Um, after I left and then the ride changed, um, uh, another guy wrote, rewrote the script and he tried to make it super cheesy and jungle cruisy and it failed miserably and everybody hated it. And then of course, TCM took over and then the tour guide lost their identity and then, right. and then they were pushing buttons. Yeah. I always thought it was funny when the tour guide ended and, and here are a few of my favorite movies and they were always the same movie as the previous tour guide. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. The ride wasn't much of anything. Then by that time we all had left and the, we wouldn't ride the ride to ride it we would ride it this sounds terrible and cheesy but we would ride it to go through the show scenes that didn't change right so only the script had changed and the costume had changed but the show scenes were still the same show scenes and the animations were the same animation so we would ride it and go like oh remember that like remember how good that line was there remember this and so it became now more of a living time capsule oh wow and and a ride to experience so I, i i get how people were starting to hate on it as it got long in the tooth because it really was not just keeping up with people's attention and demand. And we, Disney wasn't helping it by doing terrible scripts and cutting back on staff and cutting back on interaction with guests. Throwing a big hat in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the yeah. movie ride? Did you ever hear any rumors of a, of a renovation or an upgrade or something? Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the we, time. Uh, all the time. Because... When I was there, Coca-Cola was a sponsor, and then Coca-Cola pulled out. In fact, they used to be on the neon lights. Uh, they used to be in the neon underneath the great movie ride with the TCM. So then when that happened, everyone's like, oh, it's gonna, the ride's going to go down, and it's going to change. And it never, when I was there, 96, late 96 to 02, it didn't really change, but you'd always hear, it's coming. It's coming around the corner. It's coming around the corner. And then it never did. So we kind of, you know, it was kind of boy cried wolf deal. And then, uh, then it made a big change in 03 or 04 with script. That was uh, the Sorel script. And then, um, then it, later on, the TCM stuff. So it just kind of, we always heard of it. We never believed it. And then it started happening. And then I had a friend who was on the inside of Glendale. And she's like, hey, movie ride's going away August of next year. Uh. And I was like, are you serious? She's like, no, this one's for sure. They're taking bids for people to come in for the demo right now. Oh, man. I was like, ugh, crushed, crushed. That's one of those rides, man. Like, if I could just just soapbox for a minute, those are one of those rides that you don't take away, you just update. I agree. I I agree. 
No, absolutely. Yeah. I agree with that. I think once you lose that, you lose the identity of what that park was supposed to be. Right. I mean, that was really the center of that park. I mean, that was really what kind of held the cohesiveness of the theming together. Yeah, I remember when yeah. it was like the, the, the main symbol. Yeah. So one of my favorite stories about Great Movie Ride, and I heard you tell it, and, and I'd like for you to tell it again if you don't mind, because I, I was able to find a picture of the cast member's shirt that showed the bullet hole with the blood. So if, All right, yeah. if you don't mind, could you, could you share that? Because that is awesome. Yeah, for sure. So when the ride first opened, um, for those of your listeners who never rode the movie ride, uh, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Sorry. Um, zero, zero percent right. you're talking to. Yeah. Hopefully at least, yeah, I was going to say, hopefully you guys got on Horizons at least. But um, <laughs> so the thing was, the movie ride, it used to be the when you came into the B-show for the gangster, not for the bandits. The bandit, the tour guide never died because there's no, they died essentially in the bank fire. But for the gangster, you, the tour guide would come up on stage, there'd be a little bit of uh, wordplay between the gangster and the bandit. And then as the show animation started to take off, it was squid and beans started firing against brains and, and the car. The tour guide had a uh, pull away uh, top button on their left or pocket and it's Velcro and they pulled it down and inside was a sewn bullet hole and a bullet shot. So there's blood and then you can see the little hole where the bullet hole is and they basically would fall back down the stairs. So that was the real belief. That was the magic of the movies where they say anything can happen in the movies is because the tour guide essentially died. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it literally died and it made it all the way through and it made it through the first couple of months of the show. And then somebody went, wait a minute, we're Disney. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we don't, we don't show that. So every once in a while you'd get a shirt though. Like we'd go to get you in your new costumes and it would have a pull away bullet. I wish I would have taken that shirt. Cause it's uh, you know, there's only a handful of them because that only lasted so long. Oh, I heard the story and immediately I was on the hunt for a picture of that shirt. I had to see how gory the bullet hole was. And when I finally found it, it wasn't as bad as I imagined in my mind, but uh, still, all in all, that's a chest. Yeah, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> if you got shot where that bullet hole is, you're dead. Yep, you. that was for sure. And uh, <laughs> thankfully, somebody still had the shirt. Somebody grabbed it, and I was able to share it on, on Twitter. But uh, yeah, that would have been cool just to add to a little bit more of the, the detail of the ride. I got to imagine it's the same Imagineer who thought that it was a good idea to kill Big Red, and then they had to write that back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oops. <laughs> Dude, that ride was insane when uh, we did cast preview. So you, that car used to get in like fifth gear, that big truck or that big uh, bus. So they'd be like, you guys want to save Little Red? And we're like, fine. <laughs> Whatever. And then you would tear around those turns and it would be super bumpy. And now it's, you know, it is what it is. It's a whole different ride now. Oh, but, yeah. 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 Well, no, when you kicked in, I remember riding it, uh, not. Uh, not too long after it opened and it was like whoa we're kind of moving here yeah i remember and, that <laughs> so did you see the dead body of big red yeah sure did oh Damn. Wow. i never saw that yeah. and the guard holding the ak-47 and i was like this is really a position <laughs> <laughs> i remember i do remember when there was real people there yeah oh wow i do I remember that. Saw that they had one line so they were holding they're basically you could see it was a, a, a dummy in the truck so little red you could see little red mm -hmm. in the back um, like Little Red, I think it's the, the the rump of Little Red. It wasn't the face. And the tail swung back and forth. And, and uh, you couldn't see the driver, but you saw the cast member and they go, Little Red's okay. And that was their line. And then you drove away. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just trust us on this. He's all right. <laughs> yeah. So can you imagine that's like a spot in position? So I'm guessing it's like you do, there might be like the movie ride, like Greeter was its own position. So maybe it was like Greeter, Little Red, Guard, you know, and then the tour guides were a different rotation, something like that. But yeah, Little Red's okay. <laughs> I bet you I have that on video somewhere because I used to record when I go visit, I have like high eight videos. Oh, I saw the, yeah. These, yeah. I'm going to be on YouTube right now looking for it. Uh, I have to but, see if I got some. Yeah. You know, that's a great question. So, uh, Justin, are you on any YouTube videos as a gangster? Do you know of anything with you? Yeah. I, you know, I tried to look once. Maybe it's kind of like the actor that never watches their movie. That comes <laughs> I just, I'd never want to see it. I saw uh, an old movie writer. She posted on this movie write page that uh, she posted her tour guide show. And as I was watching it, I, my head popped up. And I was like, oh, my gangster show. And uh, then her parents turned off the camera. Oh. <laughs> so she, so yeah. once she went away, this was not yeah. important anymore. I was like, Cece, do you have the footage of my gangster show? And she's like, no, my parents just were interested in my show. So they just recorded that part. And I was like, <laughs> oh. 
Oh. But it's the same. I actually have more footage that I've seen on YouTube of me doing Tapestry of Nations, like professional footage, than me doing movie ride. In fact, I, there's only like four pictures of me in bandit costume. Really? Hmm. There's no, for some weird reason that, uh, I'm, I'm sure if I really were to ask a bunch of people to go through their pictures, they could find me, but I never really bothered to, to look at that stuff. I guess I could probably look one day, but uh, yeah. So there's like me just being like, no, you lame brain. I'm talking to the dame in the fancy looking outfit over there. And then <laughs> click. And then, and then it's me dying in Anubis. And I'm like, <laughs> damn, that's a rough cut. <laughs> that is yeah. a rough cut. I think it was the same girl that requested my show that I, I ghosted on. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Revenge. It makes me want to check my videos to see if I got you on there. Because like I said, I used to videotape those things a lot. I always seem to get the same older gentleman. Like there was an older guy with grayish hair that I always used to get. And I, I mean, obviously, I don't know his name. He was Muggsy, but I mean, I was just—I I even saw him one time wandering around MGM Studios, like in his gangster outfit, and being like, "Wow, the gangsters are out." So, Who let uh, the gangsters out? <laughs> Who let the gangsters out? Who let the gangsters out? Yeah, we had a few. There are a few retired guys that uh, work back there. There is a thing that I just posted not too long ago. So there's this uh, Studio 95 was like the internal. MGM Studios cast member television station and uh, they did an expose on the great movie ride and this guy George Willis was the host and then he was then the gangster his name's John Kenny John Kenny he took over and did the thing so this was like last week I'm supposed to post the last segment of it and I keep forgetting to do it and I'll do it probably today or tomorrow but he was one of the like he was a two-day gang Saturday and Sunday gangster but he worked a lot he was a good guy to work with he was a part-time gangster Part-time gangster. Hard, hard time gang. <laughs> Half gangster. So now, was yes, there right. ever like any animatronics or any working equipment that really kind of gave you guys trouble in there? Like, was Gene Kelly a nightmare? Like, every once in a while, he would just stop? Because all that rain pouring on him, I mean, come on. Yeah. So for me, well, yeah. So his there was a time his neck broke. <laughs> it just dangled down there. And oh. Uh, oh, wow. it took like a day to fix it. So there were certain things. If something broke, then the ride would go down uh, immediately. There, if there was like a, a, a certain amount of certain you know number of things that added up to there's no longer a good enough show for the guests, mm-hmm. the ride would shut down. For us, for Gangster, the Gangster car was a, a monster of a, a demon creature car. It was awful. It never um, it never came out when he needed it to, and it would <laughs> never go back in when he needed it to. So there are time, and if it if it never worked, and the or if it didn't work, the ride was supposed to go down. It never did. <laughs> They're like just you know ad or just like pretend it's there so there'd be no gangster car and you're like shooting at the windows you're like where are they boys and they're like uh you know you can still hear the gangsters screaming at you from over where the car's supposed to be mm-hmm. or the car would already be out when the show started and then all of a sudden it just started shooting at you and you're like whoa i didn't even realize that car was there <laughs> and so that was one the witch um a show that i did in i don't know 98 that uh sh- this is this is actually funny because everybody has a story and it's because it happened all the time she was so advanced she would you know her movement would sometimes jar something loose and she would either break an arm or break a neck or uh in my case shoot uh, hydraulic oil all over the first three rows of the vehicle oh Oh, that's just spread magic (laughs) yeah so just like uh, it just i forgot what part of the line um very well abide my time or something like that and she throws her arm she like swings it really uh dramatically and uh-huh. just just pop the cable and just oh just my gosh everybody and then so we still have another four three minutes left of the ride so people are kind of like you know their face is covered in oil <laughs> <laughs> so um so i mean there i just i had to stop the ride and there, on each vehicle there's a thing called a hand pack and you'd go over you on the hand pack it'd have all the show scenes and you hit the button to the corresponding show scene and then it would you know, alert somebody and then they'd come out like, what's wrong? And I'm like, take a look. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't look like this when the ride started. (laughs) Sure didn't. So uh, that was, so the witch was bad. The gangster car was bad. Uh, I hope they got more than a hundred dollar camera. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Exactly. You had to be really slick with that one. Yeah. They were quickly ushered away by Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Never to be seen again. (laughs) (laughs) We're so sorry. Yeah. So that uh, you know, those are the ones. There were times I worked at Journey Imagination. You know, the the opening scene when you're looking at the Dreamfinder on the Dream Blimp. I forgot what we called it. Uh, where Figma pops up. You know, there's four of them, and they sit on a big carousel. So there'd be times where one of them didn't animate, and you had to remember what set of vehicles you weren't supposed to load to not get that scene. And I never pay attention. I load it, and they'd be like, 
this ride didn't feel like I didn't get it. And they were like, oh, yeah, because you didn't see the whole opening explanation of what this is. Or who <laughs> you just kind of missed that whole scene. So, yeah, I mean, things happen. I mean, it's no Yeti, right? But, <laughs> right, uh, yeah. No kidding. Good point. Yeah. Great but point. You found, the thing about the movie is that we're all actors at heart, so we found way, workarounds. You know, we found ways to make it unique still. Yeah, I got I to gotta tell you that when you brought about the witch, um, I remember when I first got on that ride, I, I I couldn't tell if that was a real person or if it was an animatronic. And this is the time when they came out with the new generation of animatronics back then, even before the ones that they have now. Uh, it, it was just, it, it, you talk about the fluidity of that motion. It was, you're absolutely right. I mean, it, it, was, it was so realistic. I, 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 I couldn't tell which one it was. I've heard stories of the animatronics at Carousel Progress going berserk. Used to have a spot. So you used to work when you were at Tomorrowland. It was like um, Wedway People Mover, Carousel Progress, and then if you had wings or dream flight at the time. And then the other one, well, Space Mountain was its own rotation. And then the other side was like Astro Orbit or Star Jets. And that um, uh, no, wasn't Stitch. It was Alien Encounter. Alien Encounter, okay. Yeah, and then um, Timekeeper. So I had a friend that worked, uh, she worked all Tomorrowland, but she worked uh, Carousel Progress and it happened to her. Basically, the Jane, I think it was Jane, the one who's on the, the workout thing. Yeah. It's, it basically shook her to pieces and so the oh. flat would open up and uh you and, and you're not as a two as a cast member you're not in the show like you don't you just basically load the theater and then it, people are off on their own you can see the camera so if anyone's up doing something you can see but then someone's like hey i think something happened uh to one of the one of the robots and she's like what and then she ran just a dead show to watch it and it was like just there's nothing there <laughs> it's like, there's, oh. it was like oh, wow. just the legs being sh- yeah, the rest of her was like on the floor. <laughs> oh my gosh! What happens because you know the show scenes they're turntables. There's two show scenes, so I think what happens it got caught. Her torso got caught in the turning, and it and it's a scrim, right? It's a yeah. screen. Mm-hmm. So it got caught. and It was like jutting out, like uh, almost like a weird horror movie where like the you know something creature sticks its hand through someone's stomach and you just see the the oh, hand. So God. Like, so they see it was like her head and shoulders were stuck in this thing and they were sticking out of the scrim like a, you know, corpse. Oh my God. She's gosh. like, yeah, we better shut the ride down. We better <laughs> yeah, probably a good yeah. idea. Well, that's yeah, like good that, call. It's kind of like the video you're seeing nowadays going around with King Triton with the shivers oh, or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, you know, what I was going to ask you, because I mean, now that the ride's gone, maybe you can share a little bit of the, uh, the hidden gems behind that ride that we weren't really kind of aware of that was going on, particularly the, the switch that y'all do where the cat, where the tour guy comes back and the gangster he face touches rises a duel, into, yeah. s- into a skeleton. Yep. Can you explain a little bit about how that process worked? Absolutely. So, so that's the scene you're talking about is Anubis. So you'd come out of Indiana Jones and the gangster bandit would see the the glowing jewel, mm-hmm. and of course would have to, you know, stake their claim or uh, get that chunk of ice, depending on who the character was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you would uh, as you through the vehicle and park, you would uh, hit your last button. So there's spiel buttons on the vehicle, and they're all sequential. So you would, as you're getting off, it would say, but the jewel is guarded by a curse, and those who dare blah, blah, blah uh, must pay with their lives. And you're like, yeah, whatever. So as you walked up the stairs, the tour guide would be out there already, but they would come from behind um, that door in a tour guide or in a robe. And as you got to the top of the, the statue, you would hit a button that's on the side and that would start the halt unbeliever. There was one on the gangs on the character side. And then there was one on the tour guide side, just in case the tour guide had to hit it for some reason. And, uh, and so when you, when the line would finish a bunch of um, LN2 smoke, a Roscoe fog would, uh, no, it was LN2, I think LN2 liquid nitrogen smoke would kind of the chemical. Sh- yeah. It would shoot up, and then you it would unlock the door. It was a magnetic door, and it would unlock it, and you could just push it and swing around. And on the other side was the dummy of the skeleton. Okay. So, so as you waited for all the smoke to come. You waited about half a second. <laughs> you would hear like a screaming, like ah, and that's your that was your opportunity to sh- to swing the door around, and then it would lock again, so it wouldn't open back up. Okay. And then as, as the tour guide left, the magnet would unlock, and then the door would reset itself. So if the day was really busy and you were a gangster, you might see the show just leaving Anubis. And so you know that the front row of guests are going to see that door swing around. Okay. Or there are days that the LN2 smoke wasn't that good. And you basically showed everyone how it worked. 
Oh. Yeah, I, and I've seen those a couple of times. I was like, oh, you know, you know, I, I kind of see how it works now. But I've, I was always curious: do y'all escape through that door, or do y'all go around to the back? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we go right through that door because there are even days like when I was telling you there are like four or five guests on the show. Once I died in Nubis, I'd walk out where the tour guide mm-hmm. does. And I'd pop the door again, and I'd be like, "Look, that's how it works." <laughs> I'm like, "No, good night." Uh, that's a was a really bad. Uh, you don't do that, but I uh, whatever. Yeah, that yeah. was a good curtain call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, once you left, once you essentially died, you would. Um, there was a little hallway. There was a um, a box where you refilled your gun and sp- and put your spent bullets, and then you'd walk back over to. Right out there would be essentially where the gangsters have their. They sit backstage. That's where the hallway led to. And if you made a left, that would go downstairs into Bandit. Okay. Uh, so then you would just start your show all over again. Did you ever pop out and be like, this is not my tour group. <laughs> I, I, I got the wrong tour group. And you had to jump back in? Yeah. As a tour guide, yeah. Um, a couple of times. But the way the show was was put together, that was pretty hard to do unless the day was really busy. Okay. Uh, but there was a time where... So in, in Bandit, so the the last line for the tour guides on stage for the Bandit show, the the, the gangster or the Bandit goes, get in there, right? They go into the doors, and then the the gangs, then the Bandit does one more shot, then they throw the dynamite in the doors, and then they blow up the bank. So what happened was one of the hinges was broken on the door, and a tour guide ran through the wrong side of the door and broke his nose. Like mm. came, I was in bandit, it came to his nose and he said blood in his hands, like immediately just broke his nose. And, um, so we're like, Oh, Mikey, uh, and <laughs> sit down and like, you know, we can't touch him, but, but we've got towels and all that stuff. So we're trying to like, you know, pinch your nose or what he's like, <laughs> rub some dirt on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Put tussin on it. So we had to call to doc and say, Hey, Mikey just broke his nose and, uh, you need to get a tour guide out there immediately. So the tour guide had to run. This is all. Other side of the building, tour guide had to run out, get up to Anubis backstage, and then put on the show. And then, ta-da! And everyone's like, <laughs> <laughs> "They're like, who's this person?" And they're like, "Hi, everybody. Um, just to show you that um, I think what she said was, um, uh, or, uh, what was it? This wasn't the right line, but th- maybe this is what I would have said. Maybe that's not what she said, but." Uh, as you can see, casts can change in movies at any moment or something like that. <laughs> oh, clever, clever. Nice. Yeah, like uh, uh, casting directors can change uh, at a moment's notice or something like that. Much like Darren's and Bewitched, <laughs> yes. time your tour guide can change. Yeah, All Lionel's in the Jeffersons. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so that, uh, that didn't happen a whole lot, but um, I mean, there were times. I mean, there was a time that um, when I first started the ride in the late 90s, back where rock and roller coaster is used to be our parking lot and costuming used to be in there. And so there used to be this gigantic room, so to speak of costumes. And on one side, uh, we'll say the West side of uh, there would be food service and merchandise costumes. And then on the East side of the, the room would be all the attraction stuff. And uh, there, the rails that held up all these costumes. And I'm talking like, 30 feet, you know, like they're all vertically hung because of all the different costumes. The rails gave out and all the costumes just fell to the ground and collapsed. And uh, you weren't able to get to your costumes. And so all the tour guides had to wear blue, um, blue robes, like blue smocks. And that was their costume for the day. And the gang, the tour guides or the gangsters and bandits, the costume people had to like just comb through to get us the costumes we needed because we had to do shows in our, costumes so that was the weird thing too is like guess we're like what what why are these people wearing these blue smocks <laughs> under their street clothes it was the same <laughs> yeah. uh, you know i have a quick question about uh the great movie ride it's something just something about my memory and i'm talking about the busby berkeley scene mm-hmm. and i'm sure you were there when i think it was fully functioning but i remember that i remember when there used to be water and if i am i remembering that the uh, the scene used to rotate. Yes. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So I wasn't, um, that was before my time, but I remember that was during my sister's time when she okay. was there. So it used to, yeah, the scrim used to not be there and it used to shoot water and, uh, and spin out, but the hydraulics never worked right or the, they didn't set it up right. So, uh, they put the scrim over it and they did that relatively quickly. I want to say like 91, 92. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's been on that long. Okay. Everyone remembers it. They're like, didn't this used to rotate? And you're like, yeah, 
And uh, I went in '92, so yeah, I, I remember it rotating. Okay, I just wanted to make sure because like a lot of people I'll, I'll mention to, and they're like, "What? I don't, I don't know why we're doing that." I was like, "I swear, I remember water and mm-hmm. rotation happening." Yep. Come, which yeah, I thought was a really absolutely. cool look. Uh, I thought it was a really great look. Yeah, you know, that's that's the typical thing. Is is this happened everywhere I went, um, even Tapestry Nations? As things start to get a little longer in the tooth, then they get less priority. I mean, I used to drum well, later in the parade. I used to drum with tape on the drum head. So the drum had to be broken and then would be broken and someone would put duct tape over it and be like, all right, just go play on that. <laughs> a little gaff tape fixes everything. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So I was like, okay. So I think that's just how it is. When things don't work as well as they did it, when they first started and there's less priority on that show scene or attraction, you just kind of roll with the punches. Well, you know, and, and I know Kevin's pr- weren't, I don't know if you were planning on saying anything here, but I mean, Kevin, our very own Kevin over here is a fellow drummer. Oh, right on. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. So that's one of the things when I caught the show, I was like, oh, dude, he's a, dr- he's a musician too. And, you know, he did Tapestry Nations was like a gig I, I always wanted, <laughs> but I always dug, you know, and I remember when they they put the hiring thing out for that. And I was like, oh, they're hiring like 50 drummers. Or something that was like my that. favorite parade. That's probably, uh, have they ever done a parade in Epcot since Tapestry of Nations? Not to I don't my think so. No, I don't no, think no, so. Nothing that like awesome. That was so yeah. brilliant. The the music to I mean, I love that soundtrack. For that yeah. There's a rumor. This is the 20th anniversary coming up. There was a rumor that they were gonna do like a sh- truncated parade. You know, as illuminations are going away. And but I keep asking all my friends who are still musicians in the park, and they haven't heard anything about it. So I think it's just a rumor. I, I would love to see that one more time. That was that, that was, was awesome. great. No, that that was a great show. And then some they, of the best they music. looped it into the the. the at least the, the the latest version, or the last version of uh, Illuminations. Well, well, yeah. When yeah. Illuminations ends, you can kind of hear the the Tapestry of uh, Nations yeah. uh, soundtrack playing in the background. Yeah, that's that's, where, that's, that's yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's where they got it all from, for sure. Yeah, that parade was a trip. I did that. Um, I was I was in the A cast, so I was a five day a week person, but I ended up doing more. I didn't do Tapestry of Dreams. I'd left the company by then uh, and hmm. joined the corporate world. But uh, it was a it was a lot of fun. I mean, to have those many that many amount of like all those guys are pro pro cats i mean they all march drum corps and they all play on cruise ships and they all have huge like records they've worked on like a huge list of them and i've a lot of stuff i still stay really close with a lot of those guys a few of them are jammers still a few of them do the show at <laughs> all the jammers yep so it's uh it, it was um a, you know it's a different everywhere i worked was a, a different scene and yeah. um got something different out of it. And that's what I like so much about doing all the different things that I did at uh, Disney Universal is because I, I made great friends and, and uh, I great experiences. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you're really just kind of doing not mindless work. I, I, I don't mean to put it that way, but it's not, you did your shift and then you didn't have to worry about it. Right. You right. Yeah. like much like now, like, like um, I have to go to New Zealand for like a day and then I have to go here for a day and like, this this is riding on this deal, you know, or whatever. But there, it's just like, hey, you want to go to Ale House afterwards? Yeah, let's go to Ale House. And then you roll in at six o'clock in the morning, half wasted or not shaved, and you get yelled at for not shaving. And then you have to go in the break room and get one of those crappy razors for seventy nine cents and rip up your face. Oh. And then put, you know, or you know, forgot your black socks because you were out partying the night before. And <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, it's the responsibility is mitigated significantly when you're just when you're doing that. But it's, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was, it was the best. Well, now you're living on the West Coast. I've, I've imagined you've you've filled your Disney void by going to Disneyland, right? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's cool. <laughs> okay it's cool i was gonna ask for a compare and yeah. contrast there that, that any any anything yeah sorry i was just taking a uh, sip of water um, <laughs> it's okay i gotta say guys i i've been to disneyland a lot when i was a kid too especially when my my sister when she was working for the company out here and uh we'd go out in fact when i worked my first job in advertising my client was disney parks uh-huh. and they were in uh they were based in burbank and then at T- um, team disney in anaheim so i'd go out there a lot but uh I, I don't know if it's me just being having so much experience at Walt Disney World and then coming to Disneyland less. I, I'm a huge Disneyland fan now. Like, I, I think there's more for me to still like explore. And DCA is now my favorite park. And it's not because of the rides, but it's because the entrance to the park reminds me of the old MGM. Yes, yes. you're absolutely right. When, I, uh, when we go in there, I'm like, I, I like to listen to the band there, the Five and Dime band, great musicians. 
and uh, I usually walk away when the newsboys do their thing. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> not like, taking away from the newsboys. They're yeah. great musicians in their own way, but just yeah, yeah, it's just not my show, right? Exactly. And, uh, so, uh, but I'll sit like uh, I'll sit on a bench and uh, just look at all the the facades and and all that stuff. And we we went to DCA when it was the old version and I was like, this is awful. This is terrible. And now I'm like, let's go to DCA. Let's, let's check that out. I mean, Disneyland's cool because it's Disneyland, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. It. But it still messes with me because it, it doesn't feel like the magic kingdom because I'm used to the magic kingdom. And, and so, uh, you know, uh, I, I like it a lot. We always stay on property when we go and we always stay at Disneyland hotel and Trader Sam's is like the coolest place in the world. I'm looking at my Trader Sam's Tiki collection now. There you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> we'll be there in about a week. Yep, exactly. Yeah, exactly. When this show comes out, which is in the week that the listeners are listening, we'll be in Disneyland at that time. The whole oh, show, the whole show. Yeah. Oh, so you guys are all going together, or yeah. is it? Uh, yeah, we're okay. all going together. Trips, definitely. Yeah. Total stag trip. <laughs> I would say so. Last time we were there, we uh, I so I have a two year old son, and then we went with friends, and they have a six year old and a four year old. We got the um, we got one of the cabanas at uh, the pool. And I know like cabanas are funny because remember the cabanas it's at Tomorrowland and it was a sure. total yeah. show. Yes. But we did that and it was for four hours. It was like, I think it was like 200 bucks, but it was worth it because it was like a hundred degrees. We had our own little area. We had a TV, a fan, we had food, we had water, sun, suntan lotion, totally taken care of, totally worth it. If I could plug anything and I'm not a plugger of things, sounds weird, uh, that uh, <laughs> the cabanas were totally worth it. I would, okay. If you if you want to hang out at the pool, then that would be it. And then after that, we went to um, Tangua and ate. And then the moms and kids went upstairs, and we just went to Trader Sam's and nice had a few drinks. What an evening! That's exactly yeah. that sounds like a good day. To I, me. I, I, I'm, that's that's what I want my first uh, afternoon <laughs> to be like. <laughs> that's the tra- yeah. I tell you, the older I get, the more I'm a a resort person. And I don't know if that's because the, the Disney of today is not like the Disney of yesterday. And that's the like total cliche old Disney fan that people lament of like, well, it's not how it is and you have to get over it. So I don't know if that's it or if it's just like, I'm just exhausted trying to drag my kid around in the, in the heat. So we, when we go to the resorts, we stay at the resorts. Like we went one year, I run the marathon weekend every year. I do the dopey challenge and, and all that. Nice. And uh, one year, we didn't even go to any of the parks. We just stayed at the hotels. And we ate at the hotels and ran in the morning. And we're like, we should. We have annual passes. So we're like, we should probably go to a park. So we just went to um, Skipper Navigation Company at sure. dinner. Yeah. That was it. Nice. Can I make a suggestion? I don't think it's either. I, I think as you get older, the rides aren't necessary. You're able to sit back at the hotel and enjoy the theming there. Because you miss a lot of that. Because when you're younger, it's always... Get me on a ride. Let let me experience the story of the ride and stuff. And you miss the subtle details and where you're staying. There's a ton. There's a ton. Exactly. That's a really good point. I think you're right. Because we always, we either stay at Boardwalk or we stay at Wilderness Lodge, depending on when we go during the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Both heavily themed places, but also places where you could just sit there and enjoy the theming. Absolutely. Like like all-star sports. And and I'm not digging on anybody who stays at all-star resorts or or pop century or anything like that but you don't really sit there and you look at the gigantic football and you're like oh wow (laughs) it's so big (laughs) no it's good let me marvel at it for eight hours but you sit in the in the wilderness lodge lobby you sit in animal kingdom lodge you sit in boardwalk and walk around like that's a maybe not a day but that's you're gonna spend some time there and just decompress well you know i mean we a lot of people i think want to avoid that they want to spend all their time in the park because oh we paid so much for these this vacation we paid so much for these tickets but how much did you pay per night for the hotel right and, and not just the theming but all the activities that are on site and things like that i mean you really could spend it it's like a theme park in and of itself if you if you take advantage of the, of the things that are to do at the resort so sure. yeah you're spending so much a day on tickets but how much are you spending a day to stay at the hotel or the resort Take advantage of what's there as well. I, I totally agree. Uh, and that's what we like to do. We like to um, just sit and eat. And my, my son's at an age now where he can kind of a, start to appreciate experiencing things. Like we took him to Disneyland last year and he kind of got it. I mean, he didn't understand it all, but he like, you know, we took him on a, his first ride was Heimlich's choo-choo train. And then I put him on Francis <laughs> the Lady. I ruined him for life when we started spinning around. I didn't realize on that ride that you 
you still spin, even if you don't spin the thing. Right. It's not like the TV. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sh- oh, sh- oh, sh- oh sh-. And he's like freaking out. My wife's like, you're killing our baby. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, stop the ride. Somebody stop the ride. But he was a good sport about the whole thing. He was fine. But, uh, you know, when we go to the resorts, then, you know, he likes to run around the lobby and we're fine with that because we can see him and we can just sit down and uh, we don't have to feel like, you know, I've got a fast pass for this and I've got to get to this park and I got to do this. Like we've done, I've done that. My family's done that when we were little and that's, not really for for us anymore, but we'll still go. Like we we go every year, and and we my wife's from Orlando, and my mom lives there, so we still go visit all the time. And well, you know what also helps, I bet you, is that you you've got a two year old. So I mean, I remember with me, like my daughter turned two in Disneyland, and people would come to me because they knew we do this podcast and be like, "When's a good age to take your kid to Disney?" And I'm like, two, two's perfect. Why? Because they're just happy meeting like the face characters would freak her out yes but the princesses aladdin meeting that being at the pool going down the little water slide even though you had to hold her and that that kind of thing they were able to immerse and she had a blast Mm -hmm. doing that so i mean i think that's also part of it is that you learn when you go with kids that are that young to yeah space mountain can wait two or three years or five years whatever needs to be until your child is old enough to ride. Same with Big Thunder and everything. There's so much to do with the little dark rides that they appreciate. Perfect. I mean, even the fireworks. <laughs> I remember my two-year-old yeah. was just like, wow. <laughs> yeah, my two-year-old got I had to scared. cover the ears. But, yeah, you know, I covered the ears, but they, she liked the colors and stuff. Yeah, And they're still free for the most part. That's, yes, you know, you're right. Wonderful <laughs> point. Yeah I, yeah, I just found out because we were trying to book another trip to go to Disney World this December. And Lee's like, guess what? Your daughter's nine and she just turned Disney adult age. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. yeah, that <laughs> happened to me this past trip. My oldest is like 10 and it's like, oh, she's an adult. Yeah, Kevin's uh, got three kids. Yeah. So. Yes. That's why oh, I don't man. fight with my daughter. She's an adult. So I'm like, you want to go? Can you pay? No. I'm like, ah, sorry. You got to get a job, baby. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So I promise. Last question. Just kind of bring it. Last question on the great movie ride. Were there any hidden artifacts, any, any things that the cast members maybe hid within the ride itself? Things that now it's gone that you couldn't talk about because you didn't want to give <laughs> away the magic. But now that it's gone, that you would be willing to reveal. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, some things we... We'll, we keep uh, to the grave as as movie writers, but there are sure, sure. there are ones that that literally were put in there by the Imagineers, and then ones that we did as well. So um, the the biggest one being there's a, a unofficial hidden Mickey that was in Gangster Alley. I don't know if you guys ever knew this, but right above where the gangsters start their show, like way way up towards the ceiling, there's a silhouette of a profile of Mickey Mouse that was put there by a gangster in like. 93 94 and it kept getting taken down and he kept putting it back up so <laughs> <laughs> it's like the plates in the haunted mansion yep so, so finally imagineers just said it's fine i mean it looks really good i'll have to find a picture of it i have one somewhere. i'd love but, to uh, see that actually. i think that's still i've never really... seen that while riding through I, Do I you have never... to look back to see it or it was just no, no you just have to look way up okay the ceiling. okay gotta, okay and there's the right that you know, it's dark in there it's really detailed so there's a lot to look at so it's pretty plain sight i'll see if i can find it and then i'll post it on my twitter page sometime this weekend i'm sure i have a picture of it but the other things that the imagineering did so in the indiana jones scene there are three things specifically so i don't know if you guys know what a 101 is but the 101 yeah, is yeah the right goes down so there's a hieroglyphic of a 101 um uh, <laughs> out of here yep there's a hieroglyphic of two female egyptian ladies getting ready to enjoy each other's company. Okay. Oh, let's then, go. Damn, we can't take a picture that. of that. Put that on your Twitter page. We can't go see that anymore. Damn. Uh, I, I for sure have a picture. I'll find that. Maybe I'll just spend next week talking or showing some of these things. You yeah. got to. Good man. call. Good call, awesome. Mr. Stowe. Good call. The one that I don't have a picture of and I wish I did is there. So if you guys remember in, in that same scene, as you're going from that show scene into Anubis, you kind of, you kind of, go through a wall so to speak there's a hole in the wall like and then you go through so there's like there are hieroglyphics if you look up they're above you and you see like the whole scene's all about snakes so there is a right literally right above you there is a hieroglyphic of an egyptian guy and then in the crotchal region there's an animatronic snake that pops out oh comes in and out so it was imagineers did some kooky crazy things but then uh what <laughs> that's a nice wanna, way to put it i want to share oh so in 
I, I definitely have a picture of this I've already shared. I can do it again. There, where the, where the vehicle stopped, where the gangster or bandit got off the vehicle to go touch the jewel, right uh, directly where the, the tour guide stepped off, there's, there are a bunch of hieroglyphics on the left side of the wall. Like, plain, plain as day, but easy to miss because there's so much, again, it's so detailed. There's a hieroglyphic of a guy with a massive erection. (laughs) (laughs) We used to joke at about all the time. I'll I'll find it. I'll repost it. That's definitely. Please do. I missed Uh, that one. And then in the horror movie scene, as you're, as the tour guides just leaving and you know, we've now reached the horror movie. It's where all the skeletons are things like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's these skeletons on the left side of, of a, like a, a king and queen, Egyptian king and queen, and then their cats, their skeleton cats, and then there's a chessboard, and the chessboard is the, supposed to be like the slaves of the of Egypt in the time. But there's an Ewok. Mm-hmm. They put an Ewok what? in there. Yeah, uh, and actually, wow. I get it. Yeah. One of those old, like you know, 1985 Kenner or LJM Star Wars figures. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Took it, and then he put it in there and then i know the guy who actually uh walked away with it when he left the ride when oh he stole the walk back yeah and then the last one that i'll share that i i love to death is uh way before my time sometime like maybe 93 i think the the i think the myth is or the legend is 93 in in between where you would go on to dock to you know get your vehicle and start where the guests load in there and the break room there's a, a office called the lead office and that's basically like where the person who runs the ride for the day they sit there and they work on the rotation it's like a little office but you have to get through it to get to the break room there was a in 92 somebody took a during christmas took a fruitcake and they put it up in the uh they, they moved like the acoustic tile from the ceiling and they put the fruitcake up there. <laughs> and I left in 02. And I think somebody finally, they finally threw out the, the fruitcake in like 07. Oh. There's a picture. I also posted on my Twitter like a, a year ago of the unwrapping. Oh, 2002 is when they did it. Unwrapping of the fruitcake. Oh. From, <laughs> wow. from the ceiling. So there are yeah. a lot of things. On dock, there used to be a hidden mini. So if you remember when you walked on the vehicles, it used to be, say, Hollywood Land, and it would be like a, a big painting, a three-dimensional painting of, of Hollywood Hills, all these mansions and things like that from the 20s and 30s. If you look in the window, there's a hidden mini. Oh, no, sorry. The hidden mini is a, um, uh, is a, sh- is a uh, profile. I have a picture of it. She's mm-hmm. a profile of the painting within that whole painting set. There's a hidden Roger Rabbit. Oh, oh wow. get out of here. Yeah, Love because Roger Rabbit was supposed to be the icon of the park. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah, and then they threw that away. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I just posted that, and I think I took it down because it. Uh, someone asked me to take it down. I forgot why I took it down. I don't, I'll put it back up. But uh, <laughs> There you go. A couple of those things. I can do that. Uh, go into my phone right now. I can find these and, and repost them. But, please, uh, man. Yeah. Please. Why don't you give them – why don't you tell listeners where you're posting these at? Yeah, so you can find me at um, on the Twitters uh, at WDW Tales, and that's Tales with a T-A-L-E-S. I'm supposed to be on Instagram. I am. I never post on it. It's been like two years, and I have so many pictures to do it. People are like, just post on Instagram, dude. And I'm like, I know. Mm. Th- those are the big – I'm not on Facebook, but no one really listens on Facebook. And then if you just want to listen to the podcast, uh, WDWTales.com. I'm on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. I'm – wherever else it gets distributed um oh i think i hear my yeah. son waking up from his nap oh yep, it's oh, time to go yeah i've got to step away yeah uh, absolutely can i ask you to do me one favor before you step away just one sure. favor yeah can you say the everybody mind your p's and q's and nobody gets hurt line real quick and <laughs> in, in, in the best gangster voice i know it's cheesy i'm asking you to perform it i i hate that but, but the that fans was, would love it that was dance always monkey my dance line. fans would love it <laughs> it's been so long i don't remember what the line is so wait, everybody mind your p's and q's and nobody gets, wait oh right so when you hijack the vehicle right yes so, yes fun and uh lights uh hate red lights sorry boys i'll see you in church all right everybody just mind your p's and q's and nobody will get height well <laughs> what's the height yeah height it's the that's height right. line yeah. that I, that's the part of it that I love the most. Whoa, yeah. where am I? New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> feel like I'm in Troich. Yeah. Yeah. But this was an absolute blast, guys. I really appreciate it. I, I'm happy to come on anytime and, and talk more about uh, 
Universal Tapestry, uh, the 50 other jobs I've had at Disney World. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, we kind of kept it to this because we wanted to keep it short and we still managed to keep you two hours until your son woke up. So, yeah, we, yeah. sorry about <laughs> sorry that. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, we could definitely talk to you about it, but we'll just have to have you back on the show because there's so much other things I'd love to chat with you about yes. Disney wise, especially since, like, for me, uh, and I'm sure for us, actually, uh, you were working there at one of our heydays. Of uh, those parks, man, and we and we just love to reminisce and just chat with somebody that was actually doing it. So, yeah. and everyone go check out WDW Tales. Very good, yeah. very good podcast. And I, I want to hear some more super greeter stories uh, when we get a chance to talk with you again in the future. Absolutely, yeah, I've got some great uh, River Country and Typhoon Lagoon super greeter stories. Oh. So. Ah, tease, tease. There you go, Two two good places. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So, listeners, go check out WW Tales, and we'll definitely have Justin back here on the show. So, Justin, thank you once again, man. We appreciate it. Thanks so much, guys. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed that discussion, our part two discussion with Justin Stone of the WW Tales podcast. Make sure you listen to part one last week. Um, If you want to learn more about us, Magic R.A. podcast, magicra.com is the way to go. There you'll find our social media links, past episodes, and more. You can also get in touch with us through the following ways. You can shoot us an email at show at magicarray.com, leave us a voicemail of our speak pipe widget, or call or text us at 1-815-MOWEEKEND. That is 1-815-MOWEEKEND. 669-4226. And, of course, we got a couple of guys that do things outside of the podcast. First of all, we got Eli does things with comics. Eli, tell me what you got going on, sir. Of course. You can always go to ivorycomics.com, and you can check out the work that I have for Project Gation. They, uh, Ninja Woman, just saving people's lives. You can Ninja check. Woman. Ninja Woman. I want yeah. What do I get? Issue one of Ninja Woman. Well, you know, buy some more books. I'll make that for you. <laughs> Ninja Woman. Ninja Woman. I add that as a character. Uh, but yeah, you know, uh, a lady saving the day. So we got something for everybody there. If uh, you love pirates, check out the Molly Be Damned. If you like Jungle Cruise and you like all of the Animal Kingdom, that kind of stuff, right there, you can check out Savages. Uh, the artwork that I have coming out for that because I'm pretty much close to tying that up. And of course, there's always a link to this podcast. So you don't miss nothing. You get all the goodness all day, 24-7. That's what you get. Don't forget that picture of Mawiki. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was on vacation, and so like I got I to gotta post that up. <laughs> or, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's up there. Um, Facebook.com. So wait, are you saying even though we recorded this ahead of time, you still <laughs> hadn't in three weeks posted the picture of Mawiki? There's a lot happening. <laughs> I'm drawing a lot of stuff. I was going to say. <laughs> Not to break the fourth wall or anything. Yeah, or third cool. wall or whatever. I didn't suggest this <laughs> game of I pretend, would, but if we're going to go with it. I don't know what. I'm just like, wow. You know? Like, yeah. But that's okay. You'll post it soon. People yeah, guys, will see because it. Because clearly what happened was <laughs> we talked to Justin and we waited a whole, like we waited a week or so to talk and we got back on the, that's exactly what happened. It's podcast magic day. Wink. That's it. Wink. Podcast winky, magic. Winky, winky. All day. Uh, so Facebook.com, you can find me there, Eli H. Ivory. Uh, I'll, I'll keep this quick. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, please. Facebook.com slash Project Gation. You can find the artwork that I have Project Gation over there. Mm-hmm. Instagram, you can find me there, EIV504. And, of course, on Twitter, I can be found at Hancock1066. So if you appreciate the medicine, I'll just keep making it gladness. Thank you very much. And, guys, if you want to book a vacation so you can go experience all the stuff that we did at Disneyland for yourself, you can do through through Lee. Lee, tell me what you got going on, sir. Uh, just give me a call at 832-570-5490. That's 832-Hieroglyphic-Erections. 832-H-G-L-P-H-R-C-T-N. Uh, you can do that. You can email me at lee at magicrway.com. You can check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash travel A-S-T-O-V-I-C-A travel. And please check out the new Instagram page at you got a friend in Lee travel, all with whatever that underscore thing is in the mix in there. So, yeah, check that out. If you do all that, we'll get you hooked up and booked up with no. I have no clue what he's talking about, Avika. And we <laughs> wonder why bookings are down. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> yes. Anyway, guys, if you want to support all of this, you can do so through the following ways. You can buy us some beignets on our homepage and support the show that way. You can also represent the Moeka Nation wherever you go by purchasing some clothing from our shop. And the easiest way to support us is to leave a rating, interview, and Apple Podcast or wherever you download the show, whether it is Stitcher, Blueberry, Google Play Music, etc. Finally, if you want to have a place in which you can freely speak your Disney mind without fear of retribution, join us in the Moeka Pleasure Island 33 Facebook group. 
There you will have the chance to interact with all the famous Moeekins, as well as Danny, Eli Lee, and yours truly. Also remember, we are part of the BS Podcast Network, whose motto is we speak our minds so you don't have to. So be sure to support our partners in podcasting over there. And guys, we definitely want to thank Kirk Landry for coming in on the intros and stuff and saying hello, as well as introducing us to Justin Stone of WDW Tales podcast former cast member and has a bunch of great stories to tell we look forward to the next time he he comes on our show and if you missed it make sure you check out part one our last week's show where we had part one of that discussion and you can hear the beginnings of those particular stories that we started talking about so yeah thank you for coming on the show and guys we thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to us and making us a part of your disney fan life we appreciate you and love hearing from our listeners. All opinions are welcome on the Magic Army Podcast, so get in touch with us today. So, Moegans, ladies and gentlemen, we say Quaharini. My name is Kevin. I'm Danny. Magic out. I have every intention of eating those bananas for breakfast, but I still somehow end up with tacos. P's and Q's. Hey, folks. This is Lee from the Magic Our Way Podcast, and... While I'm booking all those magical Disney vacations, I'm listening to Mad Hatter Radio.